In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, or sinful me. Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Come on. 
Let your merciful ear, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions. Make them to ask such things as shall please you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament for the ninth Sunday after Trinity is written in 2 Samuel, the 22nd chapter. With the merciful, you show yourself merciful. With a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. You will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty, that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness, for by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer, and sets me on my high places. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is written in St. Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, the 10th chapter. Now these things became our examples, to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. 
And do not become idolaters, as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now let us commit, or let, nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. according to St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Jesus also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do, that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, And how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you 
Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you, to your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. This is the gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come.
Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus also said to his disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, How much do you owe my master? And he said, A hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Every time this text arrives in the yearly ritual of the historic lectionary, I have nearly always spent my energy trying, usually not very well, to address what appears to be Jesus commending sin. A steward who cheats his master out of a lot of money, forcing the master's hand to honor his devious agreements, thus allowing the crook to get a life he did not deserve. But what if this parable of Jesus's isn't about what the unjust steward did for himself? What if it is rather all about the master and his character? his mercy, and his grace to those who do not deserve it. Maybe the unjust one isn't the steward after all, but rather the master who doesn't give the steward what he deserves. Let us first consider the situation that provoked the master to confront his steward. There was a certain rich man who had a steward, And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. The steward was wasting his goods, and that was the accusation. But how does the master deal with his malfeasance? The master was well within his right to immediately and publicly humiliate his steward, to strip him, as it were, naked. The steward's honor and reputation could have been mangled, beyond repair. Yet that's not what the master does. No, he tells him, give an account of your stewardship. You can no longer be steward. He gives him notice. He tells him to go and get the books himself. He gives him time. Who does that? Would have you allowed him to touch the books after being fired? 
He's already proven that he cannot be trusted with the master's things. He was certainly going to cook the books, if he hadn't already. And certainly the master knew this. So maybe, maybe the master is not as naive as one might first think. Maybe he's not being played by the steward, but rather maybe the master is, pl is playing the steward. For the master continues to give opportunities to this steward that benefit him. With the books in hand, the steward does not disappoint. He does, I would agree, or would argue, exactly what the master expected him to do and wanted him to do. The steward goes to two debtors and reduces what they owe, each about a 500, uh, 500 days wages. It's a lot of money. And interestingly enough, the debtors agreed and changed their, their bills, their invoices. This stands out to me as evidence that it was within the master's character and reputation to do such a thing. It appears that he was known to be merciful, compassionate, and gracious. This maybe is what the problem is with the steward's mismanagement. It wasn't so much about him shorting the master's bottom line, but rather mismanaging the master's reputation as a merciful and gracious man. He was making the master look, good, or look bad, risking turmoil between those in the community who did business with him. When the time finally comes to settle up and look at the books, the master commends the steward for his shrewdness. It was as if he wanted him to do what he did. He wanted to be cheated for the benefit of the steward and the debtors. But that's not right. How is that just? The one who deserved punishment doesn't get it. And in fact, the master ends up hurting in the end. Dear saints, it's not just, but that's the point. It doesn't measure up to our way of thinking. The mercy and grace of God is not just by worldly standards. In the kingdom of God, those who deserve punishment do not receive it. Instead, another, one who is innocent, suffers and dies. One who is provided by God as the substitute. It is the good name and reputation of God in the flesh that covers and provides life for those who have not managed well what God has given. The truth of this parable told by Jesus to his disciples, to those who are to be about the discipline of repentance and faith, is that they are the shrewd steward in God's kingdom. And as fellow disciples, you too are to learn and believe that you are the steward as well. You are the steward 
who in sinful pride does not believe that God, the Master, is in fact merciful and gracious to you and everyone else. And this unbelief manifests in what you do and don't do in God's name, the very name you are given in your baptism. It is seen when you expect everyone to toe the line perfectly, to keep God's law with and to pay the full price of your obedience, no exception. It is to give the impression that God, whose name you bear, is without mercy and grace. It is to evoke fear in others that God's favor is only for those who can pay their debts, those who can make atonement for their sin. That's what the steward did in Jesus' parable. But that's not what the master wanted. No one can make satisfaction for their own sins, dear saints. No one can pay the debt they owe to God. No one can remain in the kingdom of God by anything they do or don't do. Even though the steward, like the prodigal son, proposed to do something to make amends, when you take into consideration that the master was in fact the one who provoked him to do what he did by, by convicting him of his sins and then leading him to act in accord with the master's true nature of mercy and compassion. It is not the steward's works righteousness that saved him, but rather the master's mercy and love that compelled him to act and to rest on that very mercy and love. The master was shrewdly, wisely pulling all the right strings, so it seems, causing his steward to do the right thing. The thing that he should have been doing all along. That is to trust in the master's true nature as being merciful, compassionate, and gracious. When your sins are revealed, how shrewd are you with the time given now to repent and rest on the mercy and compassion of God which is in Christ Jesus. Do you forgive as you have first been forgiven? Do you have mercy and compassion on others as you have received mercy from God? The answer is no. But fear not. Fear not, the books are in your hands. You have time. And they are indeed cooked, fixed in your eternal favor, but not by you. Your account is good, very good, because Jesus has paid for everything. He is, it is finished. Believe it and receive it. No matter what the ledgers have recorded, no matter which commandments you have broken and which you habitually continue to break, defiling yourselves, Jesus' blood atones for it all. He pays the price. He takes the punishment unto himself. It is his good name, his compassion and mercy, his love for you that makes him your eternal friend. And so your dwelling 
is with him forever. And how do you know this here and now? Well, be shrewd to listen. He is for you where he has always been for you. He is in his holy word where you hear and learn who God truly is for you. That he has done everything and always has. Over and over again, his holy word reveals his eternal love and mercy for his children, even when they have gone astray and wasted all that he has given them. You are included in those children. Not only does God give us the word that brings to mind his love and compassion, but he also attaches that word to physical, intimate means. He is in his word of absolution, of forgiveness, where through the holy office, his called and sent pastors, he personally reminds you that you are his, and he has redeemed you, bought you back, paid all your debt on his son's bloody cross. You are baptized. You are washed clean. You bear his name. He is for you also with his grace and mercy where his body and blood are put into your mouth for the forgiveness of all your sins. And that body and blood also strengthens your faith, a faith which abides in his inexhaustible mercy and grace for repentant sinners, for you. A mercy and grace which we fall on this day. So receive these gifts, these sacraments, and his word. For these gifts given to all the sons of light are the fullness of God's mercy and compassion for sinners like you and me. Let not these gifts be diminished by others or by you. Apart from God's word and the sacraments, there is no mercy and grace from God to be had. Only fear and trembling and debt which can never be repaid. In faith, we fight to retain these promised gifts from God. We propose to do what the Lord and Master would have us do, especially in the midst of sickness, persecution, and death. We use the unrighteous mammon of this world to make sure that these gifts remain in our midst, in the church. His love and mercy received in these sacraments are greater than anything that might assail us or threaten us. They deliver to us Jesus and his unjust yet perfect loving payment for our mismanagement, our sin. Everything we say and do is to be about preserving them for our reception and the reception of all who would be Jesus' disciples who would repent and believe that Jesus and his sacrifice has full atonement made. Your Lord and Master is indeed faithful. He is merciful and compassionate. He is yours, and he has done it all for you. Believe it, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We stand. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.
Amen. Our prayers this morning. We keep the family of Kurt Scheller in our prayers. Uh, he fell asleep in the Lord last uh, a week ago yesterday and was laid to rest from the church yesterday. Uh, may his soul rest in peace to await the resurrection on the last day. Also, we keep in our prayers the family of Tom Jenke, brother-in-law of Donna Lovis, uh, who mourned his death as well. Let us pray. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the faithful proclamation of Christ's saving name, that God's people may be strengthened in the true faith and his kingdom extended. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church throughout the world and for all who confess the name of Christ, that God would guard and defend us from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who partake this day of Christ's holy body and blood, that, that in their eating and drinking they may receive the benefits of forgiveness of sins and the renewal of life and have a foretaste of the feast to come. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have wandered from the faith, that the Holy Spirit would use us to call them home to the Father. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the government and all who have been set into positions of leadership, that they may use the authority entrusted to them honorably and for the good of the people. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who serve in worthy occupations, professions, arts, and sciences, that God would grant them skill and integrity in the performance of their responsibilities and valued service through their vocations. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who suffer from hunger, homelessness, poverty, or unemployment, that God's great mercy and love would preserve and relieve them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all the faithful, that the Spirit would lead them to cheerful, generous giving from the bounty the Lord provides to support the church and to help those in need. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who are sick, especially Katie, Roger, David, Jeremy, Hadley, Shirley, Harlan, and Lois, that God would grant healing to their bodies 
and strength to bear their infirmities with patience and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who mourn, especially the family of Kurt Scheller and Tom Jenke, that in their time of sorrow they would not lose hope, but rely on God's promise that he will never leave them or forsake them. Let us pray to the Lord. For those celebrating baptismal anniversaries this week, Katie Fisher, Bryce D'Amato, Jacob Bender, Jennifer Johnson, Jessica Franklin, Caleb LeGros, and Mark Schneider, that the Lord would continue to bless, sustain, and strengthen them to remain faithful to God's word and sacraments, resting securely in their Lord and Master's promised mercy and grace. Let us pray to the Lord. For those celebrating wedding anniversaries this week, Robert, Robert and Luis, uh, sorry, Lois Johnson, uh, Ken, Laura, uh, Ken and Laura Knoyer, Joseph and Elizabeth Schneider, Alex and Jennifer Scheller, Steve and Joanne Lesage, that the Lord would faithfully strengthen what he has bound together as one flesh, that their love for one another would reflect the same sacrificial love shared between Christ and his bride, the church. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who rejoice in the rich blessings of God, that they may always remember the giver of every gift and give him heartfelt thanks. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we gratefully remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Rejoicing in his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The Lord be with you. Unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross, risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me.
In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in both body and soul and through faith and life everlasting. Depart in peace. Thank you. 
Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. And his mercy Let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and to be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Amen.